Hey, how's it going? On today's show, it's one of my favorite podcasts and a fun countdown with a very entertaining host. Welcome, this is My Guest List Pod, my name's Darren, and this is a show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favourite list countdowns, and along the way, we get to know them and their work a little bit better. If you'd like to get in touch with the show and tell me what you like and tell me about all the things I'm getting horribly wrong, or you're a podcast and you would like to be a guest on the show, you can find me at my Gmail, my Twitter, and my Instagram, all at My Guest List Pod. So the way the show works is this, my guests pick a topic from a list that I give them and together we count down from 10 to 1 in that topic. Along the way we take breaks and ask the guests some questions to get to know them and their show just a little bit better. In essence the show is one big advert for everyone else's work, but for me it's a chance to support a media that I have enjoyed for years and the bonus is I get to speak to some really talented people and support their work. However, this was only my second attempt at an interview and I was using an old computer that wasn't really cutting the mustard. Not to mention that the room I was in was about 6 degrees Celsius. Anyway, if you like trivia, today you're in luck, as I get to interview the host of a very funny trivia show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what was a very fun chat. And today, our podcasting question is a live trivia show from way up in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. The hosts of the show are two genial and very witty guys, a couple of good Canadian boys who work a bit blue and present trivia in an adults-only format. As soon as I heard these guys, I knew they were going on to my permanent rotation. Not only did I like the challenge of the trivia, but the natural comedic chemistry between the two hosts made it a scream to listen to. I'm sure that people that come to their trivia come as much for the comedy as they do for the questions. And in the words of its host, if you like to laugh, learn and explore your body just a little too often, then welcome to Super Fun Time Trivia. If this is your first time doing trivia with us, the way that it works is pretty simple. There are four rounds of trivia. There are three general knowledge rounds and one music round. The theme of tonight's music round is going to be animals. So all the song titles or band names will have an animal in them. I ask a question. You got about 30 seconds to answer that question. At the end of those 30 seconds, I say boards up. You hold the board up. I say the correct answer. If you have the correct answer, you leave your board up. If you have the incorrect answer, you put your board down. Kevin, who's this gentleman over here, will go around and he will swing his mullet at you back and forth, and then he will say your team number. They're not going to do that. I'll get a head rush and pass out. I'll get a wiener rush if you do it too much. I know. I know you like it. Anyways, when he says your team number, put your board down, draw a picture of him on it, and and think about him naked for a couple minutes. Gross. Uh, and then whoever gets the most points at the end of each round is going home with a couple prizes from the moose and the fine folks at Sleeping Giant. The only rule of trivia is that there are no cell phones allowed during the trivia rounds. If you take your cell phone out during the round, we will take all of your points off of the board, and then we will donate it to the North Bay Warming Center. I'm sure that they could find some use for it. Sure. Depending on how good of a cell phone it is, they might even get more than 750 So without further ado, from North Bay, the heart of Ontario, Canada, he is the master of mirthful trivia, the jester of general knowledge. He'll let you into trivia, even if you're from Sudbury, Italian, or a ginger. He's the host of Super Fun Time Trivia, Cole Fournier. How are you, mate? Good. Uh, but I got to say, if you're Italian, we might we might not let you in. Uh, okay, look, I understand that. Um, but isn't your girlfriend Italian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's part she's of not allowed. She's not allowed to come to trivia either. Okay. For, unless she's filling in for Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that was only one time, and that was because Kevin was super sick. But <laughs> any other time, stay at the door. Fair enough. Understand. How is Kevin, by the way? Good. He's still alive, which is surprising to everyone. When coronavirus was ravaging Canada, we definitely thought that he'd be one of the first to go. But he's he's still kicking. Well, very good. Good on Kevin. <laughs> yeah, man. Very good, mate. Thank you very much for joining me today. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I guess the, the, the first thing we should do is uh, let everyone know what your show's about and how long you've been doing it and how it came to fruition. Uh, yeah. So Super Fun on Trivia has been around for about almost seven years now in, in November. Uh, me and Kevin were both working at a restaurant and the two guys that used to be doing trivia retired and me and Kevin got the, the job and we changed it from the old school style trivia of like the regular pub trivia that you might know to a slightly different thing where we make fun of the audience and call everybody idiots and make a lot of offensive 
penis and fart jokes and just ha- basically have a good time and people seem to to like it so we just kept going for like i said seven years i, I can't believe it i actually had hair when this started and <laughs> life's a little different now so you pretty much just class the place up everywhere you go something like that yeah, yeah very i don't good. know if you i know that this is a, a radio style show but if you could see a picture of myself and kevin you would not think they were classy in any way shape or form uh, well, I'm sure once everybody decides to take a listen, that uh, they'll that they'll change their view. Uh, I, as soon as I heard you guys, I I thought to myself, this is funny, and I'm going to listen to this again. Um, so, and I don't think I've, I think I've gone through every one of your COVID shows. So, do do you want to explain to everybody what the COVID show is? Oh yeah. So our podcast originally started. Somebody said, you know, you should record these live shows that you do we were doing about two to three a week and you should put them up on the internet so i was doing that for about two and a half years when suddenly the whole uh, covid thing happened and all of our shows just ended up getting put on the back burner and part of me thinks that i might have actually caused the covid because i was in bed one night and i was looking at all of these back episodes that i had recorded that i still had never put out and I was like, man, if only there was something that could happen <laughs> in the world that would allow me to just have a lot of free time off and not be recording any new episodes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like three days later, hey, guess what? Trivia is canceled for the foreseeable future. Oh, so I started putting out uh, an episode, uh, the old recorded episodes, unedited, like between five to, to three a week, uh, just to try to give people some extra stuff to do because I knew a lot of people were at home or the people that weren't at home were working, uh, you know, the jobs that were quote unquote essential were having a, a rough go and yeah, just try to give a little bit of, of joy and pleasure to the people of the world in these trying times. Well, as, as someone who is still in lockdown here at the moment, because people in our state for some reason haven't done exactly the right thing, but it's also a bit of a government stuff up here and there. I really appreciate the fact that you did put those out because uh, while I was doing what I had to do, um, I was listening to you guys a lot. So it was uh, making the day go a little bit quicker listening to you guys make fun of everything. So it was really good. I really appreciate well, thanks, it. Thanks, dude. Cool. Not thanks. A problem. So uh, what's, what did you do while you were in lockdown? Um, I know there were some projects that you had on the go, like most people will – appreciate that because you actually do a live show and you record that, that all the venues were actually closed down. So you couldn't do that. What were you doing in the meantime? Uh, Luckily and unluckily, I have a house that needs a lot of work. So I was just doing housework stuff. Mm -hmm. And in between that, I was was, uh, having a lot of soul searching and just general, I think everyone can sort of get behind the idea that the world was suddenly a very different place and just spending a lot of time with friends and family where you could, you know, within yeah. the legalities of whatever the law is um, and just sort of appreciating this new amount of time in the new world that we have going yeah. on. You, you did actually also start a new project that, oh, well, there's been one instance of it on Twitch already. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, we decided to take the trivia online. We, I was kind of hopeful at the beginning. I thought this whole thing was going to blow over in a couple of weeks. It obviously went on. It has, it's still going on. Um, so we decided to move our trivia online onto Twitch so that people could play it from the comfort of their own homes. And that was something that we had been thinking about doing for a while. Had never really gotten around to because I, I'm a pretty busy dude. I have like a lot of other or had a lot of other jobs. And yeah, it's cool because. A lot of the people that listen to the podcast, the majority of the people that listen are not from Canada. The majority are from the States, Australia, uh, UK, a couple people in South America, like all over the world. So it was nice to give people the opportunity to actually come and play trivia with me and Kevin, where they previously had just been able to listen to our stupid voices on the internet. Yeah, you do actually get to see you both too, which is actually pretty funny too. So that's cool. Yeah, getting to see just, just... how ridiculous we look on a regular basis and <laughs> and, and Kevin's continuous eye rolling at me. It's just, 
a really mutual mutual hatred of each other. Fantastic, and and that's the chemistry chemistry that comes across in your show. So uh, keep that up. <laughs> Oh, thanks. All right, mate. So today, uh, I get everyone to count down a top ten in a, an attempt to get to know the host of the show a little bit uh, better. Now, you have picked something that I didn't think you'd pick. I thought you would have picked something to do with music, being a musician yourself, and uh, you know, into pop culture and stuff like that. I guess this is pop culture, but uh, I thought you might have picked something else. You've picked uh, scariest horror movies. Yeah, I am a huge, huge horror affectionado. It's like my favorite, favorite uh, style of movie yeah. in, the, in the whole world. I've seen loads of them. And like there was a couple other things that sort of sparked my interest on your list, like sports, because I also love sports, as everyone, <laughs> everyone who knows. Yeah. Uh, I don't but think being honest there somehow. <laughs> it's a, it, that was a bit of a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, but horror movies are like my – were my bread and butter for a long time. Yeah. So I was really glad to see that there. Now, the list you've got here, uh, I have seen it, obviously. You've sent it through to me, so I've had a look. Are you sure these are your scariest horror movies and not just movies that you like? No. Well, okay. They're not <laughs> – was it scariest? Was that what the thing was? Yeah, it was the scariest horror movies, yeah. Well, I don't, <laughs> Doesn't I don't know if they're necessarily the scariest, but I think that they all do something really, really well. Yeah in a different way. Yeah. Like, you know, some people are afraid of the jump scares. Some people are afraid of like body horror, which is, you know, like hostile where people are getting their eyes pulled out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some people are afraid of, uh, more realistic stuff like paranormal activity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But these 10 movies that I picked all do a thing very well. And they're spooky in their own sort of way. And they're also as, along with that, just my favorite one of ten of my favorites, so whatever, I don't care. No, that's fine. That, that that's fine. I had a look at them. And I thought, well, I, I you know, I agree that they all do something really well, and they're not the same in terms of what they're providing in terms of the type of horror. So, um, I, I really like your your ten. My top ten would probably be a little bit different, and yeah, like the Blair Witch Project and things like that. Probably that sort of stuff's more my go. But uh, there are a couple on here that I love as horror movies, and I'm not a big horror movie fan, but there are a lot of uh, movies on here. There are a couple that I haven't actually seen as well, so I actually went and watched uh, a couple of them because I, I, didn't, I didn't actually know what they were about. So let's start with your number 10. So number 10? Number 10 is going to be Saw. Um, I know that the Saw franchise has kind of turned into something different. As time has gone on, well, it hasn't really turned into something different. It's done the same thing repeatedly, mm-hmm. which is cool. But that first Saw movie, when it came out, was A, the idea of like getting kidnapped and, and having to do something awful to escape. Very scary. And then second, the twist at the end. You know, now yeah. like you can sort of see a twist coming for miles. But at the time, I remember being in the theater and literally everyone in the theater being like, oh, my God. <laughs> um and it just, again, it, it's, it's the type of movie. Yeah, it's groundbreaking. And it also really scares me. Just the idea of like me walking down the street yep. and someone coming up behind me and putting a little needle in my neck and then me make, waking up in like a bed of barbed wire or something like that. Yeah. It's just a very spooky, scary, re- realistic. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's something that could happen. Exactly. It's not like a monster movie where you there's a part of you that knows, you know, monsters aren't real. Scary people are real. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and look, that's, uh, I guess, the Aussie contribution uh, by way of Malaysia on the uh, list because James Wan is actually uh, uh, based in Australia, I think, now. So he's done a few other movies that you've probably watched as well, Annabelle and stuff like that, and Insidious, which, you know, I wasn't. I thought Annabelle was better. Insidious was I didn't, wasn't a big fan of, but uh, he did uh, Fast and Furious Seven, which is crap. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I, I actually like the Fast and Furious franchise, just not after about the third movie. So, after Fast and Furious eighty two, yes, uh, Tokyo Drift was the last one I liked. I think so. The one in Brazil, I can't remember. I think it's five or something like that. That was okay as well. Yeah, so he's uh, by way of Malaysia. He's a Malaysian-born Aussie guy. So, okay, cool. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. So, All right, number nine. Now, I've got to ask you with this one: We're talking the 1982 version of the thing. 
Yeah, yeah, we're not talking the okay. remake. Cool. So, sorry, um, Matt, I've, let, I've let the cat out of the bag there. Number nine is... The Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why this one is on the list is, again, it, it, it does a couple of things really good, in my opinion. Uh, a, that whole idea of being completely isolated. Um, a lot of times with horror movies, the only way that the, that the plot line really works is if like a lot of people are really stupid in this movie. <laughs> it's nobody really acts stupid. You know, everybody is genuinely afraid because this thing yep. can take whatever physical representation representation that it wants. And people can't just, you know, run to the neighbor's house and call for help. They're hundred percent stranded. They know that there's no help coming. They know that they're on their own. And the second thing is the practical effects are, just top notch. I have yeah. you seen the thing? Yeah, no, I have. I, I have seen it a long time ago, probably when it first came out, considering you know, I'm a lot older than you. So I'm I remember seeing it back in the eighties. And it still holds up. Like you oh, definitely when you watch it, you there's no no part of you that's like, oh, this looks really fake. Like it genuinely honestly is is just one of the best practical effect movies that I've I've ever seen. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's when, when it turns that dog into the the wolf or the dog into uh the thing sort of thing it's uh yeah it's pretty cool for for the time the 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 effects were were pretty good yeah or even when the the chest cavity opens up and chops the guy's hands off his arm off yes yeah Yeah, that was a really good scene and that that was pretty freaky actually i must admit that was pretty Mm -hmm. unexpected and they even had um apparently I, i i'm not sure how how true this bit of movie trivia is but i read it on the internet so it has to be true but for that scene they actually used a, a double amputee for that had fake hands on so that when it chomps it it actually chomps the fake hands off oh, which is no why it way. looks so real oh that yeah that's pretty cool hey, i didn't know that so yeah that's pretty cool yeah and look at john carpenter you can't go wrong with a movie from this guy like escape from new york uh, are you a halloween fan uh i actually i'm gonna i'm gonna say something if anyone's listening to this that likes horror movies is going to be really upset by i've never actually seen a halloween movie oh okay i don't know why i just have never gotten around to it i have a lot downloaded look (laughs) the original halloween uh, i was talking about this with my eldest uh, boy the other day and i'm like i said i'm not a big horror fan i really don't like the jason Voorhees, michael myers freddy krueger style stuff where you just can't kill them they just keep coming back. It's it takes away from the story uh, for me. So I'm not a Halloween fan. Although I thought Halloween the original and H2O the um, the 10 year anniversary anniversary movie wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're missing a lot with Halloween. I know it's sort of like a sci fi fan not watching Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you're missing a, a huge amount. So yeah, it's like one of those. You know, it's a classic, but it's I know, I know I'm probably not going to like it as much as I quote unquote should. Yeah, no, I understand but, that. Yeah, that's cool. All right, number eight, uh, the guest. This is a a cool one because I watched this when it first came out in 2014. Okay, and the dude who is the main character, I can't tell you. I really can't say too much about this movie without ruining it. But the guy who is the main character is now a really famous actor who was not at the time uh dan stevens he plays the beast in the live action beauty and the beast he plays um let me just i'm I'm gonna just go to his uh his imdb just to see what what else he's in oh he's in um the that new movie eurovision song contest story of fire saga he's one of those dudes that just like is so handsome and charismatic and he just carries this movie so well and the soundtrack is amazing, and the entire premise is amazing. Basically, this gentleman who is friends of this family's brother shows up at the house and basically says, hey, I served with your brother in this war. It's either like the Iraq or the Afghan war. They don't really talk about it. But he told me to take care of you no matter what, that I had to make sure that you were okay. And I'm here for whatever you guys need. And they're like, great, thank you. And then the movie continues on from that point. And again, I, I, it's one of those movies where it's just his his acting is what sends it over the top. He is so incredibly, incredibly charismatic and likable. 
and one of those movies where someone might be doing the right things for the wrong reasons or the wrong things for the right reasons. Okay, so you don't find that out until, I guess, further into the movie, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, I, I didn't know which guest you were talking about with this movie, so the only the guest movie that I've seen was a, a 2010 short film, so I, I, I wasn't sure which one you were talking about here, so I'll, I'll have to put that on the list to go take a, a look at. So 2014, you said, 2014, so. Yeah, with. With Dan, Dan Stevens. Stevens. Stevens, the very handsome Dan Stevens. So, so handsome. He's like a better-looking Ryan Gosling. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's big praise. So I know that's that's a that's a bit much, but it, I think it's true. Okay. All right. So your number seven. Okay. This is. Remember how you were saying that you don't like those kind of yeah. campy horror movies with yeah. the guys that never stop coming back. <laughs> yes. My number seven is Freddy 3 Dream Warriors because the original Freddy Krueger is pretty good, pretty spooky. The second one is pretty good, pretty spooky. The third one, they, they really like tune into that stupidness where it's it's over the top. It's it's ridiculous. There's a scene where Freddy Krueger is fighting this punk rock chick and his glove that's previously like knives turns into hypodermic needles and he stabs her with it and her like open – you know, track marks, how, our little mouths that are saying, yes. oh, feed me. And it's just so <laughs> dumb yep. and so good. Yep. And it, it, you know, when, when there's a movie franchise that realizes this is what we're doing. Like, we're not going to try to be serious anymore. Yep. We're going to sort of feed into that, that silliness yep. of this idea of this unkillable uh, murderer. It, it really just pans out well, I think. And that's, Sort of the beginning of when they started to do that, I think. Yeah, I, I remember the other scene from uh, uh, from that movie was the the kid in the wheelchair who, in the dream, can now walk and becomes some sort of a, a wizard or something like that, and decides yeah. to, yeah. And then uh, Freddie sends his chair that's got all these knives and things after him. So yeah, it just be- it was just nuts. And I think the other bit of that movie I remember is the house, or there's something that burst through the floor in the house it looks like this disgusting uh freddy snake that tries to actually engulf and swallow um is it patricia arquette it's one uh, of the arquettes i think uh, not a hundred percent i don't think it's david no i don't think it's david <laughs> no i think it's a i think she's she plays the main role yeah and uh and then the uh nancy comes in and saves her so it, like you said it was just it was oh it is big you get good eye it is patricia arquette yeah i that's when she was a small not a medium yeah <laughs> wait, wait what little tv joke remember do you know the the show medium Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That was a, that was a whole trip to get to yeah. that one. <laughs> that was a yeah. I look I'd do really well at trivia with that sort of Jay. So <laughs> I think you know what if Kevin's ever sick again you can come fill it in. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Isn't right. she a psychic too? Yeah, she's a psychic in medium and she helps the police. And... No, and she's a psychic in this, I think, as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of her power because she can bring people into the dream and that's how she brings Nancy and the others into the dream to fight Freddy. Yeah, and then the the TV tries to eat her too. There's so much stupid stuff in that movie and so good because yeah. it's so stupid and, and it just knows it's stupid. And to be honest, that's why I don't mind that movie. Of the, of the Freddy franchise, that Freddy 3 is actually probably one that I, I don't mind because I get a bit of a laugh out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Right, that's that's the same reason for me. <laughs> let's take a break. Let's go back to uh, talking about uh, the show for just a sec. So I, I do want to play something for you so so people get a, a bit of an idea of who Kevin is because Kevin's not with us on the show today. But uh, I've got something that I guess I call Kev's Greatest Hits if you want to listen to this for just a sec. I'm so excited. Listen up. Clean the fat out of your ears and listen up. This is the best we got. George Washington is a terrible guess. Yeah, I know, man. I'm sorry. We're going to, we'll do the best we can, but fucking whatever. You don't even know how to spell what. And honestly, your shark picture is <laughs> stupid. Oh my God. That's the dumbest person I've ever seen wear glasses. You didn't get the earplugs at the front we didn't provide? <laughs> so that's, that's Kevin in a nutshell for everybody. <laughs> 
Man, the one thing that I'm always amazed at with the podcast is like, so I, I've literally been doing this, like, like I said, two, three times, sometimes five times a week for the past seven years. And every single time I'm editing, there will be at least one thing that Kevin says that will make me almost laugh cry. And I'm always like, dude, I've heard him say that joke hundreds of times. Yeah. I've heard him say that stuff to the audience hundreds of times and still like it just, just gets you. Uh, yeah. It just it, it he just yeah. And you, and you can tell us how to make me laugh. And you can tell it's just genuine between you two guys. There's nothing forced whatsoever. And that's what I mean. It's just really, really funny. And uh, yeah, Kevin is a laugh right. And his interactions with the audience are very funny. He's great. It's like having a bouncer. Yeah. Like on tour, so many times people have tried to, you know, fight me for not liking my answer or something. And yeah. Kevin will just. Kevin, for anyone that hasn't seen a picture of him, is a pretty scary looking dude. He looks like if one of the hobbits from Hobbiton also had like a meth addiction and had a switchblade. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, so, yeah, yeah, that was. I, I want you to send me that clip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. use that clip for for our promotion. Shall That's do. great. Not a problem. You really encapsulated him. <laughs> I thought I thought it was pretty good. I I laughed when I made it actually, so it was good. You you speak about interaction with the audience and sometimes people not liking, you know, your answers to questions things like that. Do you, do you get a lot of that sort of reaction because when I listen to your show it seems like there's a lot of regulars although you do go to different parts of Canada obviously um and you drive what 4 hours sometimes to get to those those shows yeah um normally like i i feel like the kind of people who hate us normally they come once and they never come again but the people yeah. that really do like us o- overall it seems like the majority of people have a good time yeah. Every once in a while, there might be someone. I think it's probably someone. People that have gone their entire life always being told that they're super cool and super right, and have never been like called out ever yes. in their entire lives. You know, recently we had a table of dudes who came to one of our trivia's and were on their phones the whole time. I think this is one of the one of the episodes. I don't know which one, but they were on their phones the entire time, and the entire time they were like swearing at us and throwing stuff at us, uh-huh. and Kevin just kept going into them, destroying them, destroying them, destroying them. <laughs> and even said, like, you don't know that I'll stop when you stop. <laughs> like, I will stop hurting you in front of your girlfriends yeah. when you guys stop being dick. And for the most part, you know, pe- the, the rules of trivia, as long as you don't act stupid, we're not going to call you out. If if someone has a dumb answer, they know. If they put it down, we're not going to call them out. But if they leave it up, if they yell something at Kevin, if they – you know, try to fight us on an answer. It's it's like being in the splash zone at a, a water park, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. That's fair enough. And that's fair enough too because I guess most people would know what they, they're getting before they sit down anyway. Yeah, we normally try to to let people know what's, what's happening. I know a couple times at uh, venues there will be a family with small children, <laughs> like kids that are five to six years old, and we'll go up to them and yep. the servers have already told them the same thing like hey just so you know this is an adult show there's going to be some things and the parents will always laugh and go oh they've heard worse at home and we're like no they certainly have not <laughs> as they walk and out the co- door <laughs> yeah and a couple times like halfway through the, the parents will stand up and the kids will walk out and kevin will always be like mom what does eyeball chlamydia mean <laughs> and like you know yeah so yeah That's for the most funny. part we we let people know what's happening right beforehand and no nope. yeah. ever had anyone else like you know some older people or anything like that just sit down and all of a sudden you see them walking out the door no man old people love us we were so concerned our first time that we really had like anyone over the age of 60 come to us we have a couple of regulars that are around you know 55ish but mm-hmm. over 60 you know i think of my own grandparents a lot of the things that i say i would never say in front of my own grandparents and the first time a group of people, probably around 80, came, you were like, oh, my God, this is going to be so stressful. You know, there's nothing worse than an old person hating you. Yeah. And at the end of it, like, they were they were drawing penises on their boards. They were writing, like, <laughs> writing fuck you. They, yeah. were, they were just 100% into it. And we were like, you know, that was probably an off, a one-off thing. You know, they, they were probably just older people who used to be, like, 
this when they were younger too. Yeah. And across the board, the majority of the people who come that are above the age of 65 love it. They love the ability to just be as rude and as crude as they possibly can. And, and they're, they're right into it for the most part. Eh, What do they got left? (laughs) Exactly. Like minutes. (laughs) No, that's mean. So, but uh, fair enough. That's good. And look, considering the, the, the adult nature of your show, most people will be very interested or surprised by your day job as such, which is? Which is I'm a supply teacher by day. Yeah. So I teach. Uh, I also teach kindergarten to grade six, which is my, my greatest secret of all <laughs> because often I'll walk into a school and the principal or the other teachers will be like, aren't you that guy who last night <laughs> yeah. did – said that thing to Jody when she wouldn't put her board down and yeah. I'm like yeah I can lead two lives um and it's it, dealing with kids is a lot like dealing with really drunk rambunctious people they're really wild they're really funny they don't think about what they say and and we have a great time in mm. both in both different scenarios obviously my my language cleans up about 120% the second that I step into a classroom yeah but it's the same thing. You're just sort of wrangling a group of people, making sure everyone has a good time, making sure everyone's learning, and making sure that everyone's fair to each other and having fun. It's, look, it's a good analogy. I guess uh, young kids, drunk people, and puppies, and you treat them all the same way. Pretty much. Yeah, very Pretty good. much. Very good. All right. Uh, look, why don't we get back into the countdown again, uh, and we're up to number six from memory. Uh, one, two, three, four. Yep, cool. Uh, the Descent. Ah, good movie. You've seen this one. Yeah, oh, well, I've seen the only one I haven't seen is The Guest. Uh, that movie. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, so far the only one I haven't seen is The The Descent. Uh, uh sorry, the, the Guest and The Descent. I I remember watching this and and liking it. Um, again, not so much that it was uh you know uh something that could possibly happen but I, I thought the whole movie was just a, a good movie so anyway you're supposed to be doing the review not me so <laughs> yeah <laughs> no worries dude um the descent is one of those movies where it does a couple different things at the end of the movie you're kind of asked the question did any of what just happened really happen mm. um or is it the result of a broken mind like, did, did that person go on this trip and do all those things to their friends and blame it on something else because she couldn't handle with the, like, trauma of the thing that had happened to her? Yeah. And then the other half of it is it's – I don't know if you've ever been, like, spelunking before, but you know what happened recently with those kids in Thailand or yes. whatever when they got yeah. stuck in the cave? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's literally everyone's worst fear is getting oh, trapped in a cave. 100%. 100%. And then – that part of it is is believable, and then you just add in that little spice of the the you know subterranean uh, monsters dwellers, yeah. and you you get a really interesting, unique movie because it's not a guy in a mask chasing you with a chainsaw for no reason. It's just animals hunting you, basically. And and all the hollow earth, but uh, hollow earth people are going. See, I told you, I told you. So. I knew it. The lizard people were on the other side the whole time. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, I must admit, uh, that's, that's, I guess, sort of, I, I class it as maybe even sci-fi sort of horror to a certain, oh, it's not science fiction, but it, it was a movie. It's probably out of the norm for me in terms of, uh, I, I wouldn't call it just like the normal horror movies that I, that I watch. And I had no problems watching that and going, yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I liked it. And like you said, the twist at the end just made, the movie, to be honest, because it gave you something else to think about as well, which was really good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot of different, and also the character development. All of those characters are, are likable and hateable in their own way. Everyone has a friend who would just say, like, you know, I discovered, I know that we were supposed to go to this one place, and I know that we told everyone that we were going to this one place, but I knew that it would be awesome for us to discover this for ourselves. So no one knows where we are. No one's going to find us. I'm sorry. And you're like, oh, Kyle, you would do that. Or like, oh, Bethany, you total- that totally is my friend who would do that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Just that whenever a character is um, – again, it comes down to the believability of, of 
people that you can imagine doing those same things, it makes it a little bit, you know, of a better film. For sure, for sure. So number five, uh, number five on your list is? Cabin in the Woods. Uh, It takes all the good things about uh, horror movies, all the tropes, and turns them into a really good, really gory, really scary, really stupid, uh, campy horror film. Yeah. Where all, you know, the, the classic, why would they go in the basement is answered. The classic, like, <laughs> why would they pick up the thing is answered. The classic, how, how did that monster even get there is all answered. And it's all a nefarious plan to deal with some greater evil. And it's, uh, yeah, it just, it, it ticks all the boxes for me. Uh, the acting's great. The, yeah. Actually, the second Australian uh, content too in the uh, in the list because Christopher Hemsworth, Hemsworth. yeah, he's yeah. in that. Yeah, play, and it's a big stretch for him. He plays a jock. Yeah, I thought that he would get, could play like a muscle bound dude. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's some acting uh, chops. He's there, just so. such a, a scrawny little guy. <laughs> Never would have thought a dude like that could play. I mean, next thing, what, do you, what is he going to play next? Like a football guy or like some kind of superhero or something yeah. like that? Well, who knows? That uh, he he may maybe have to go back and do some extra acting classes for that. So that's because that's really stretching. So but, have uh, to do a couple more chin ups for that. Yeah. Look, to be honest, though, I love Chris Hemsworth because he's very good at uh, taking the piss out of himself, and you know, uh, he's a uh, yeah. Everyone here loves him. How can you not? He's you know, he's a, a lovable, lovable kind of guy. So yeah. But he seems he seems that way. Josh, this is this is probably going to be this is one of my favorite movies that you could have brought up because the guy behind it, Josh Whedon, is like I love Buffy, Firefly, Serenity, all that sort of stuff. Massive Buffy fan, so anything he does, I know is usually pretty good. And uh, my son, who had seen this, said, "Oh, you haven't seen Kevin in the Woods?" And I said, "Well, no." And so we we watched it, and uh, he said it's by Josh. Went, I said, "Well, I'll, I'll give it a go." And uh, yeah, like you said, it just brings up every trope from all the different uh, uh, horror movie sort of genre, and gives you answers to why stuff. Is the way it is, I guess, and yeah, Why no, stuff it's, goes the way it is, yeah, yeah, no, it's it was really, and I thought it was really funny, especially when the they were banking on the Japanese girls to actually come through because the people in the cabin weren't uh, doing what they were supposed to. They were getting away with stuff, and they thought, oh well, we've still got the the girls in Japan who are being um, terrorized by that grudge-looking monster. And uh, they yeah. ended up defeating it, and then uh, <laughs> it was all back on the people in the cabin in the woods. I thought it was really funny. Um, yeah. Logistics it's, behind horror. I also was just looking. I know he wrote uh, Firefly, but I'm seeing right now he wrote the screenplay for Toy Story, apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. It it says it on his IMDb, so it must be real. It must be real. And to be honest, hey, look, I love Toy Story, so this is just another reason to love Josh Whedon. <laughs> There we go. So, all right, cool. Number four. Uh, this one is a Netflix original, I think. Okay. Uh, or at least I, I first saw it on Netflix, The Invitation. It is one of the most uncomfortable films I've ever seen. I have never sat through an entire movie squirming in my seat because I can't quite be comfortable the whole time because the main character – you're watching him do these certain things that may or may not be right. And you, and you, as a viewer, have no idea really whether he's right or not. So this is the the, the, the one with, uh, in 2015, Karen Kusama is the uh, director, where the guy goes, he's, he goes to his yeah, ex-wife's gets, house. Yes, and the ex-wife invites him yes. and all of okay. her friends over. Board, and I yep. think that, yeah, they had some kind of... Um, they lost a child or something, and yes, basically they're they're the saying, one. you know, yep. join this join this uh, cult, <laughs> this cult basically, yeah, yeah. and they don't quite understand why they're there, and things get weirder and weirder and weirder until you yeah. know there's Stuff there's a, a conclusion for you as the viewer. Yeah. It's similar in it's similar in style to the guest in, in that you as the viewer don't really know what's happening until it's too late and. Yep you're just really uncomfortable the whole time. And and for me, that's 
my ultimate horror. Like I can't even watch Saved by the Bell because I get so uncomfortable <laughs> every time Screech is on the screen. Like I hate uncomfortable comedy. It makes me it makes me physically nauseous. And this type of horror where the horror is in you watching people squirm and, and be equally as uncomfortable as you really does does it for me. Yeah, look, I must admit, it, I the only reason I ended up seeing this movie was because I, um, when I'd watched Aeon Flux, one of the other movies that this person did, same thing, IMDb, the invitation was on there sort of thing, and I had a look at that, and uh, and I ended up, ended up re-watching it before we did the podcast because I, I sort of remembered it, uh, but I wasn't sure if it was the same one, and um, I rewatched it and went, oh, yeah, that there's a big lead-up and a big build-up, but it's there for oh, it's, a reason. And it's a huge build-up. Part of you is like watching it, and you're like, "What? Like, when is stuff going to happen?" You know, like this is this was in the horror category, and I'm just wondering when. Like, it is horrifying. It's very slow. It's an incredibly slow movie, but it, it's one of the few slow movies that I've been like, "There is a huge payoff," cool. and you have and you and you have no idea what's going to happen. And also, again. The acting, like every actor is sort of a, I don't want to say B-list actor in case they're listening to this podcast and I hurt their feelings, but a lot of people are in there doing versions, you know, doing a great job of being a character that they're not very well known for. Yeah. Like I believe, what's this guy's name? John Carroll Lynch, who you kind of oh, know yeah. is a big, lovable, yes. doofy guy. Yes. Yeah. And instead he is a very interesting person he is and he's the only one that i actually sort of recognized out of that movie when i did watch it and i must admit from seeing him in other movies where he does play a a more compassionate sort of person a lot of the time the role he played in this movie was um interesting very different than than the norm Yeah, yeah yeah very much so Cool. All right, look, let's get to know you a little bit more as well. Uh, let's take a break from the countdown. We'll get to the top three in a sec. But I did some light uh, stalking on Facebook uh, once we started to interact, and I saw a few streaming performances of uh, you and your guitar and some pictures of DJing and things like that. Is music a, a big part of your life? Oh my god! I was so worried. I thought you were going to say you found my nude pictures. Uh, no, that's all right. They're in a oh, super file. My goodness! So. All right, thank thank God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to uh, originally my entire creative juices went into to music. Um, I've been in a couple bands that you can listen to on Spotify. Uh, Which bands? I didn't know. Uh, yeah, one of them is uh, called White Coals. We have two. We have an album and an EP up on Spotify because my name is Cole, mm-hmm. and my buddy's name is Dave White. So we were White Coals, oh, nice. uh, and it's sort of like a, a punk pop uh, little little thing that we had put together and played a couple, several shows, gone on tour a couple times, and then my my solo stuff is some sad boy emo music, and people always say, you know, I didn't. Uh, of the type of music that I expected you to play, that would not have been the one that I would have thought. Okay. So Cole, if you look up uh, Cole Fournier, either I have an album and an EP of that too. And then, uh, yeah, the DJing is basically a buddy of mine was a DJ in town, and he was like, hey, dude, you play music. You should try to learn how to DJ. And I was like, I don't want to. Like, I don't really think that that would be great for me. And he sort of said the basis of it is just knowing, like, your tempo, knowing that – knowing how to – listen to music, know when stuff is coming up, you know, being able to count, mm-hmm. being able to, to mix stuff together, knowing that certain songs sound good together. And I practiced for a couple of months in my room and then got a couple gigs as DJ dad bod because my, <laughs> my body is nice and loose. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So just sort of always on stage trying to, trying to just stay busy again. Not so much anymore. Not so much. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Look, and you've actually answered one question too that I was probably going to ask before we started. Uh, I didn't know it was if it was Fournier or Fournier. So, so it's uh, Cole Fournier. <laughs> it's a, it's just the Canadian version, which is Fournier. Okay. That's what I tell the kids too. I Fournier. they say I say you can either call me Mister Four, or you can call me Mister Four, and then I do a number four with my hands. Yeah. And then I point to my knee, <laughs> and say knee, and then I say a. Like the letter A or yep. the Canadians say A. Yeah. 
and then the kid will go for a oh perfect very very uh helpful uh that's good. So, and that's what they call you at uh, school, uh, Mister yeah. Fournier. Okay. So, apart from music and everything like that, uh, and trivia, and obviously all the work and things like that, uh, you're not a big sports fan, as we've determined. Uh, is there anything else that uh, you have a big interest in? Uh, yeah, I do a lot of nerd things. Like I paint little little miniature guys and play a lot of D and D. I have like a whole little village that I made out of paper, um, like paper houses, paper craft houses. And yes. Diorama type style things. Lots of dragons, lots of castles, lots of, lots of stuff like that. So, are you kidding? That or used to be. No, sure? that's, that's a hundred percent serious. Okay, yeah. cool. Cause I've done exactly the same thing. I've, I've uh, painted my own Urukai for my boys and things like that for a long time now. Oh, not for a long time, but I did when they were younger. So I appreciate oh, nice. that stuff. Man. Cool. Yeah, it used to be like when I was younger, I've been doing it since I was a little, like not a little kid, but since I was probably about 12. Yeah. And when I was younger, like being nerdy was not cool. I would mm. get the poop kicked out of me if I did nerdy stuff or anyone knew about it. And even up until I was about 22, like I kept it hidden. And then uh, all of the Marvel movies started coming out. Okay. And people were like going to see Iron Man and like jocks that I knew were Mainstream. like, oh man, you see the new whatever movie. And I was like, what? You're not allowed to like that. <laughs> you used to hit me for liking that. And now it's become more mainstream. Like, you know, D&D is super mainstream. And I'm like, I don't have to hide this stuff under my bed anymore. Yeah. yeah. So That's, that, that's so interesting. That's cool. Well, it's something I didn't expect either. So uh, as I said, I, I probably appreciate that because – uh, not that I did it when I was younger. I I played I played D and D when I was younger, and we played the first one of the first games I ever played on a computer back in the day when the computer we were playing on had a twenty megabyte hard drive. So old. It was called Dragonlance Chronicles, and it was based on a, oh yeah yeah yeah. So it was based on a uh, some books that I've actually read as well. Uh, Dragonlance Chronicles, so Test of the Twins, all that sort of stuff. So I started to actually paint miniatures for my boys when they were younger and they put them in their room and, uh, yeah. So it's, that's something I didn't expect. So, yeah, really cool. I'll send you some pictures of my, my collection. It's pretty embarrassing. I'd love it's, to see uh, it. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot. Fantastic. <laughs> I have well, a whole room. Really? Oh. oh, yeah. No, I'd like to see them. Yeah, definitely send them through. Now, one thing about I was going to get back to the, the, the show that you do, I wanted to ask, what's the funniest, because there, there are so many moments that you can hear on the podcast that are, are funny, but what's the funniest thing you've ever heard or seen while you're doing the shows and did it make it to the podcast or? I already, I already know. I already know the answer to it. Yeah. I was thinking as you were saying it and I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to pick one and I remembered it and it was literally – Sadly, the moment that I decided, yes, I have to record this podcast because I can't miss moments like this anymore. Mm. And uh, it was a question about a centaur or something or like a satyr and about how the satyr has – it was like a satyr is a human's uh, top hat like Mr. Tumnus from the mm-hmm. – whatever, uh, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Yep. It, you know, what bottom half does a satyr have? And someone wrote the incorrect answer, lion or something. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, it's a goat. And the woman, I don't really remember how it happened, but she said, my husband has a goat. My husband looks like a goat. And we were like, what do you mean your husband looks like a goat? And she just kept screaming it over and over because she was very drunk. And then we were like, okay, like we get it. You're trying to say something, but we're not quite getting it. She's like, what I'm trying to say is I'd rather suck a goat's dick then look at a man's face ever again. And like the entire room just stopped and tried to process that logic yeah. of like, like I don't want to even look at guys ever again. I would rather just put a goat's genitals in my mouth and the entire room, like all hundred people in the room just burst dying because she, she kept screaming it over and over and over. And we were like, we were like, we get it. We, get we, it. we yeah. know how you feel about the goats. <laughs> it was a bad breakup. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, so that's definitely the one moment. I, I don't think I've ever seen a room of people like cry laugh. And it didn't have anything to do with us. We didn't do anything. We did not make the laughter happen. She, sorry. her insistence on yeah. repeating that line. I'm, I'm sorry if this is a G-rated program. No, no, uh, that's, that's, it's whatever it is. So no, okay. that's fine. That's fine. Not a problem. Let's get to your last three. So these are going to have to be pretty good movies for someone who likes horror as much as you do. These will definitely have to stand out. So number three. Uh, this one is one probably not a lot of people have seen. It's called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. I haven't seen it. And it is about a a girl that all the boys love. And okay. she is uh, – she gets invited to this, this uh, weekend away with the popular kids. And obviously there's a bunch of murders that happen and she is trying to survive with with these sort of strangers that she that are are getting killed around her okay and it's uh, it's one of those movies i can't really say too much about it because a lot of it is just in 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 what's going on behind the scenes um like the character development is really good everyone even the the really big shitheads in the movie are kind of likable in a really minor way yeah the deaths in it are super interesting and unique for a slasher film oh, okay and it's just sort of an updated version of, of that classic slasher trope where there's an unkillable machine coming and taking out this this group of of high school kids who are at this cottage for the weekend oh well i'm definitely gonna have to have a look at it because i just had a look and the guy who did it jonathan levine actually did one of my favorite zombie movies um warm bodies Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. movie, too. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So I, I'm definitely going to check that movie out. All the Boys Loves Mandy Lane. We'll have that's to... great. It's, uh, I, I'm just, I don't even know if there's, I think everybody on there is like a, a C to D list actor, but they, oh, okay. they do a great job. There's, it's, not, it's not one of those movies where, you, where you're watching you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they hired these people. It's, everybody does a fantastic job, and it's, it's really good. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll check it out, definitely. Number two. This one is, if you are a horror fan, you cannot say that you are a horror fan if you do not enjoy Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, they recently tried to have a, they had a Kickstarter to do a sequel to it, which would have been amazing, but it, it didn't end up quite making the money that it had to. It's two movies in one. It starts off as a, documentary about a guy who has decided that he's going to become the next household name in serial killing he's going to be the next chucky or the next jason or the next you know whatever and a documentary crew is following him around as he describes how these murderers do everything like so for example how do you make it look like you're walking after someone when they're running away from you. He's like, you know, it's all in the upper cardio. body. You got you to do like the speed walk. You got to get the yeah. cardio up. <laughs> um, so it kind of starts off as a comedy horror. And Robert Englund, who plays Freddy Krueger, is in the movie as a psychiatrist. And sort of the nemesis of Leslie Vernon. And yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic movie that, that switches about halfway through, suddenly switches its theme and turns into a actual horror movie where suddenly you're like, oh, okay, this this guy is is gonna go through with this. He's he's got a plan. Yeah, I look, I have seen this movie, and in terms of mockumentaries and stuff like that, I actually I thought it was pretty funny. And uh, I think the the my favorite part of the movie is what you just mentioned mentioned when it goes from being the documentary style to the full-on sort of movie uh that 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 change that subtle change from camera angle in terms of bringing other people into the shot and the way it changes to being a slasher movie from being a documentary i thought that was really clever yes and also like you said with the camera angle like i am not really big on on a lot of the different stuff that people do with cinematography Mm. but in that movie, seeing that actual physical change where suddenly it goes from like a handheld movie to a regular movie yeah. was a really cool, interesting thing. And as a viewer, it, it makes you recognize like, okay, this is a different movie now. This, this, this is suddenly this, 
it's not the same thing that you were watching for the first half where you, where you were yeah. laughing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And I must admit that I thought that was pretty clever the way they did that. So mm. cool. All right, um, number one. So this is going to have to be a really cool movie. Um, what's your number one horror movie? Okay, um, I was between this one and another movie. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of the other movie that I was going to say was was going to be my number one that didn't even make it on the list. Uh, oh. The other one was going to be Your Next, which is a fantastic movie about somebody like a survivor girl where the serial killers like burst through the room and they find out that the people that they're trying to kill, one of them happens to be the survivalist who's able to kill all the serial killers. She's just like a ninja. It's a nice twist. And I really like it, but it kind of fell into some of the same categories as these other ones with like a big twist where – you know, oh, there's the big twist. It's it's yep. uh, more fun than yes. serious. Martyrs yep. Yep. is um, French horror films spend ninety percent of their budget on gore. So Martyrs is the film that I chose. There's a whole bunch of French horror movies that I really love, but Martyrs is is the one that I think does it in the most grotesque and tasteful way at the same time. It's similar to Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, in that it's kind of two to three different horror films in one. It's about a girl who has grown up in an orphanage who was abused, going and finding her abusers. She kind of thinks. Something down. And a lot of things happen along the way. Um, There's a lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of really horrifying moments of that body horror that we were talking about. Yeah. And I, I would have felt very wrong if I didn't include at least one film with um, that's in a, a different language than English because so many other cultures do very different horror than us, and yes. there was a couple that I wanted to include. But I kind of wanted the list to be things that people might have seen yeah. before. Um, well, oh, no, you go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, look, you're completely right in terms of like – I was just going to speak on the point of uh, international horror movies. So a lot of the ones that I've seen that I don't mind, like Quarantine, and and um, uh, so that was based on, I think, a, uh, a movie called Wreck, which was yeah. a Spanish movie. I think yep. it was a Spanish movie. And then there's a couple of Japanese movies that have been redone that um, origi- in their original form are probably better than the American re- remakes. But, um, oh yeah, same with um, South Korean movies. Like yes. I know that one of the ones, one of my favorite movies, but again, it's not really a horror. Is like Old Boy. They made a remake oh, of Old it. Old Boy, yeah, fantastic. Garbage. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. The original was great. Yeah. My son tried to get me to watch that for ages, uh, Old Boy, and he said, "This is really good, Dad. You're going to really love it." And Korean cinema um, is really good. A lot of their stuff is fantastic to watch. Uh, it's a little bit left of center with some of the things that they do, but um yeah korean cinema is really really good yeah there's um there's a whole bunch that i wanted to again trying to whittle a list down that's about 100 down to 10 is is difficult there was a couple that i wanted to include but i was just kind of going off the ones that had a initial visceral response for me um but yeah like old boy one called i saw the devil which is also a really good one about just a dude who he finds his wife's murderer and tortures him and then lets him go and then hunts him down again and then tortures him and lets him go and hunts him down again. And you're like, uh, okay, yeah. this is, and, and watching something in a different language is also, you know, it, it makes you pay a bit more attention to everything because yes. you don't really pick up on the, the subtleties of the language. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really enjoy foreign films. Look, uh, when, uh, Martyrs is one that I went and had a look at and the movie was great and there are a couple of scenes towards the end that are, are shocking. Uh, so it it, uh, it has that shock value but the actual story behind it too is, is interesting because like you said, there's – once you think you know what the story is going to be about, then it changes and then it mm-hmm. changes again and uh, – yeah, I thought that's a. It was a really good movie. Um, uh, you, is there a remake of the French Martyrs? There's not a remake, but there's, there's an uh, English dub. Oh, okay. oh, you were mentioning that. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I remember telling people like when this, when I first saw this came to this movie as as relatively young like in 22 in a university I told my friends like you got to watch this movie and a bunch of them watched it and was like that's literally the worst movie I've ever seen we couldn't even make it through the per- first 20 minutes and I was like what I can't believe that the first 20 minutes are like really happening I could understand maybe losing interest in the in the half end but whatever mm-hmm. and then I found out that they were watching the English dub version where two people are dubbing every single character <laughs> it's it's almost amazing that they managed to find two people like there's one scene where the there's a family talking and it's like hey i wonder what i'm doing for school today i hope that i get something nice for lunch well johnny i don't think that you need to worry that much it's not that hey well johnny even my my friends went to school and you're like they that's one guy doing that's every voice for the entire oh family God. overlapping and and it destroyed it so if you do happen to watch martyrs i i, I urge you to please watch the actual French Yeah, I have seen uh, the French subtitle one version. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I do want to see the other one, though, because at least 10 minutes it, of it just... <laughs> or maybe first, just, sorry? Yeah, I, just watch it for the first 10 minutes just to get a, a little taste of just how bad a decision yeah. can be. Yeah, I don't think I'll make it past about 10, 15 minutes, so uh, maybe I'll just watch that scene when they're all around the, uh, around the kitchen table. So, and that yeah. annoying girl is uh, complaining, so... But anyway. <laughs> Doesn't complain for long. Doesn't complain for long, no. So everyone, I urge you to go out and see that. It's a pretty cool movie. So that's it's a that's a solid top ten. That's a, a definitely a very solid top ten. Um I've seen I had seen I guess probably seventy five percent and then I went and watched a couple of the ones that I hadn't seen. So, uh, and I think you've you've come up with a, a really good ten there. Like I think if you ask anyone what their top ten horror movies are you going to get a different 10 from nearly everybody oh totally there's so much different stuff in the genre and like people you know like different things i could someone could give you a list and every single one is going to be a french horror movie Mm. someone could give you a list and everything is going to be like body horror like saw or hostile or or the other ones that you had told me what what was the like a serbian film oh oh, serbian yeah the serbian film and uh there's another one i can't remember what the other one is but yeah i haven't seen that my my son told me about uh he hasn't seen it either but he told me that this was when i said that this was the subject that i was going to talk to you about he said oh i bet she puts this movie on there um because he's there's been so much furor over that movie it's because it's like that's the type of thing where you know that movie specifically is kind of shock for the the purpose of shock yeah and that's that's you know fun and good in, in its own way but that's not really my thing but for other people that that might be they're, they're about that uh the most horrifying things that you can see on on film yeah i must admit i'm probably with you i like uh i like to build up in a, a movie and a bit of a drama before you actually get to the the, the i'm not a big slasher fan um I, I like the cabin in the woods and the uh, behind the mask, rise of Le- Leslie Vernon in terms of something that makes fun of the uh, the genre a little bit as well. So yeah, no, good, solid top ten. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Not a problem. I guess probably now what we do is let everybody know uh, where they can they can find the podcast, uh, how they can get in contact with you and support so Super the- Fun Time Trivia. Yeah, for sure. The podcast is available on pretty much every uh, single podcast source. Like, So if you have an app on your phone and you just type in super fun time trivia, four separate words, we should show up. We got a new logo, so it's like a yellow background with some dark blue, and uh, we got a couple hundred episodes. Um, as well, if you're interested in doing trivia online with us, we do it on Twitch once a month. We might be upping it to twice a month, and you can check that out at Super Fun Time Trivia as well. And Instagram, Facebook, all the places that the cool kids hang out, we're <laughs> on all those things under the same name. Now, just on the the online trivia, uh, you're on Twitch. Do you need the cohort app as well? You don't. The only thing that you need the Twitch app for is if you want to chat. So okay. there's like a live chat that shows up on the screen and people call us stupid poo-poo heads and all that. Okay. People nice. people get to yell back at us and we can't specifically tell who it is. So <laughs> Fair enough. They can lurk. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Look, Colt, thank you very much for agreeing to do this, mate. This is uh, only the second one that I've done so far, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and 
look, once all this madness of uh, corona and everything like that is over, maybe we could get you back on and we can count down another top 10 and maybe we could even get uh, Kevin on and see if we can uh, count down his top 10 uh, Backstreet Boy singles or something like that. I'm sure that would be interesting. He'd love doing something like that. So. <laughs> He he would never want me to say this, but he actually doesn't hate the Backstreet Boys as much as he puts on. Oh, you really? <laughs> it's interesting. He, he knows several of the words. Ah, several of them. That's interesting. Uh, that's uh, that's ammunition. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, loaded gun. Anyways, thanks so much for having me, dude. It was an awesome time, and and thanks for letting me nerd out about my my horror movie interests and finding out that you too. Our closet nerd uh, yes. painting some Urukai. Yes, definitely. So, uh, not a problem, mate. It's a pleasure. It's been fantastic, and and hopefully, this is a show you won't have to apologise to your mum for. Uh, I think this might actually be the only one that I can get away without doing that. Okay, not a problem. All right, mate. Thank you very much. You have a good day and a good rest of the week. And uh, I'll, I guess, I'll catch up with you in, in the future. Yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks, mate. So that's it. And if you're wondering what that whistling was in the background at the end of the interview, that was actually a kettle boiling on the stove behind Cole that he couldn't hear because he had his headphones on. So that was something fun to listen to when we uh, we finished the interview. So I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I did because Cole's a really interesting guy and I hope you'll give his show a listen. And while you're at it, check out his music with White Coles. It's really good. I'll put all the links to where you can find his work in the show notes. And if you like this show, please let me know at My Guest List Pod, on our Gmail, on our Twitter, and at Instagram. Help me get better, all constructive criticism welcome. Also, if you would like to be on the show, or would like to see a certain host of a podcast be a guest on the show, just contact me and we'll see what we can do. Join me again in two weeks when we chat and have some fun with another podcast host. Thanks for your time.